Well, it's Martinsville week, and you know what that means. You better get your hot dogs ready. Hello and welcome in everyone to Lapping the Field. I am your host, Eric Beck. Yes, as I said on that opener there, it is indeed Martinsville week. And since we had this past weekend off from NASCAR racing, what with it being Easter, not a whole lot of news, I guess, to talk about. At least there wasn't until today, which we will get into, other than, of course, Kyle Petty dropping an S-bomb on Motormouths on, I think, on NBCSN. So... That was fun to, it's fun to watch on YouTube. I was like, that's not a word he's supposed to use on TV. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed that moment. It is, well, we'll get to Martinsville here in a second. Let's go ahead and talk about NBC and their, uh, their, their TV issues, I guess. This is not this is not new news. This is pre pre this podcast news, but NBC announced coming into this season that they would be shutting down NBCSN and the NBC Sports Network at the end of the calendar year, I believe this year, which is leaving which is going to leave at least for the moment NASCAR kind of up in the air as to what their coverage is going to look like over the rest of the television contract that they have right now because NASCAR at the start of the season is on Fox and FS1, and then in the second half of the season is on NBC and NBCSN. So whenever NBCSN shuts down, they're going to have to figure out where where half of the NBC NASCAR schedule goes to be aired. So the uh, likeliest, I looked this up recently, it doesn't look like there's been any new information so far, but the likely guess that people feel is that NASCAR is going to move over to the USA Network, which is also apparently owned by NBC Universal. So if that is the case, NASCAR's broadcast will be there. NASCAR has said that they're not interested in having their their actual race coverage broadcast on a streaming service. They would rather be on TV than on a streaming service, at least with regards to the Cup Series. So any of their other, their other episodes or something like Motormouths, which is on NBCSN, is not going to... It has potential to move strictly to streaming. It pro- I can't imagine them doing that just on USA Network. It seems like USA Network has uh, a different sort of sort of broadcast schedule than where you would be able to fit some NASCAR talk shows in. But all that to say, the if you look if you're looking at canceling a show on NBCSN because someone dropped a swear word that they weren't supposed to be saying, I, it might not really matter that much since you're shutting down the entire network at the end of the year. So that was my thoughts on that. But it does have a tie-in into what will be happening this coming weekend now that the NASCAR is headed to Martinsville, Virginia for a Saturday evening race, Saturday night race there there in Martinsville under the semi-new lights down there in Martinsville where they'll be actually be able to run at night because they actually have lights now. This will be the first regular season race that is shown on a cable network. This weekend's race is on FS1, not on Fox, so it will not be on broadcast. It will be on cable, which is a pain in the behind for those of us who do not have cable and are solely able to watch NASCAR via broadcast TV. This is this is a thing that I have had issues with for the 20-plus years that I've been watching NASCAR since I was 7 years old or 8 years old or whatever is that for those of us who don't have cable, we can't watch like half of the NASCAR schedule. And some of the races are fairly significant races, or some of the races are races that I want to see. So I understand that NASCAR is still a niche sport. It's not as widely viewed as other sports in the United States. So I understand that it is not always available. That doesn't make it any less of a pain for me 
trying to watch all these races. And now moving forward with NASCAR, not going to be on NBCSN because NBCSN isn't going to exist anymore. And with the NHL having just signed new contracts with ESPN, I'm curious moving forward through the rest of this contract, not just the NHL, uh, the NFL has also signed new TV contracts that are big money to continue airing on broadcast TV. So I'm curious moving forward how NASCAR's future TV contracts will affect where NASCAR races are viewed and what sort of continuing broadcast uh, vision or where people are able to watch these races moving forward. And I really, really wish they would just show them on broadcast TV because there are a lot of times when the alternative to what you're seeing, like you could be watching a NASCAR race or instead we're watching paid programming, which I'm just like, can we please just, what is, no one's watching the paid programming. I'm pretty sure more people would watch the NASCAR race. So that is my NASCAR on cable uh, soapbox. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll maybe revisit that if we feel the need. All that to say, I I enjoyed Cal Petty dropping a swear word on. I had to rewind the YouTube video. I was like, did he really just say that? <laughs> he really just said that. So we'll see what happens. Other other news and notes from the week. The the limited news and notes that we have. There have been continued tests of uh, some new tires, new rain tires. NASCAR had a test shortly after the Bristol race down there in Martinsville where they tested wet rain tires or wet weather tires or rain tires, however you want to refer to them. But they tested them on an oval. They tested them at Martinsville, which led to questions. Do you foresee NASCAR potentially moving to have the option of running with wet weather tires having the option of running in the rain at an oval track this is a thing where nascar didn't for a while run in the rain on road courses the the few road courses that they ran and it was a more recent development more recent development that is in the nascar history that they have been running rain races on road courses now and that's that has a little more of an impact now that NASCAR has seven road courses on their schedule this season. And it's a debate that I'm I'm curious about. I I don't necessarily have an issue with them running in the rain if they're able to. There are a lot of times, I, I ranted about this last week with the weather, where you wish that they would be able to get races in on the day that the race is scheduled. And if there is a way for them to race in the rain on an oval track, it would be an interesting thing to see. The the, the debate I saw, which was on that episode of Motormouths, was about this is not really a skill that the the two, two former drivers on that show felt that current NASCAR drivers need is to be able to race in the rain on an oval. Whereas that is a part of basically every motorsport that runs on road courses. They will run in the rain on road courses. So moving forward, we'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It wasn't even like they had to spray the track down with water. So I was like, how is that even really a great comparison between what the tire will do in the rain versus just having a track that's kind of wet because you took a water truck around and sprayed the water? Spray the rotter down on the track. So we'll see what happens with that. 
It's actually interesting. I have been to two NASCAR races in my life. I mentioned the Las Vegas race in the first episode. I've been to Las Vegas. The other place I've been is to Martinsville, where they're headed this weekend. So the race that I went to back in 2007 did have a rain delay in it. There was like 15 minutes of rain, and then it took them 45 additional minutes to dry the track. So it was like an hour-long rain delay. And this was back when Martinsville didn't have lights So they needed to get races in before sundown so that the drivers could actually see what they were doing. This is a different, they're in a different situation now, now that they're actually running a night race at Martinsville. But it was an issue back in the day. So the issue would have been, since NASCAR rules are, you have to make it to halfway in order for a race to be official. If a race doesn't go that long, then you have to delay the race and then you have the issue of our fans could be able to come back and whatever to watch the end of the race, etc., etc. All those different sorts of concerns from a fan's perspective. So in situations like that, I would be curious to see them continue to be able to race in the rain. The only the other funny part of that is that 2007 Martinsville race for those NASCAR fans who remember that long ago, that was the second race with the car of tomorrow. It was one of the now former generations of NASCAR cars as they were sort of beginning to integrate that new car that had a giant fin on the back instead of a spoiler. It was part of NASCAR's continued development, I think, to try and continue to emphasize safety in the cars, and this was the car that they had developed. Well, someone around us when in our seats when that... Uh, rain delay happened when it started someone was like car tomorrow can't race in the rain huh so it was funnier in the moment than whatever i was just able to say but it was a funny experience that you call your car the car tomorrow but it's still incapable of running at certain points in time so speaking of uh, different generations of cars the other news that there is to break here that I'm breaking news. But the other new news that came out earlier today that I saw before we started recording this is that NASCAR is going to be officially revealing their next-gen car on May 5th of this year. So coming up here in just under a month, NASCAR will be revealing the car. This may actually, as we're recording, be exactly four weeks from today. We'll see if I can pull up a calendar while I'm talking to confirm that. That is indeed four weeks from today as we we record. So that may be uh, just under four weeks once this actually is up and available to be viewed. So it'll be interesting to see. They've been running tests on this for an extended period of time. The original plan was for this car to be released this year. But with the COVID pandemic taking over and delaying two months worth of races last year, NASCAR decided to continue with the old car the car that is currently being run through the end of this season and to push the introduction of the next-gen car into next season. So we will see as time goes on. I don't know that there's a whole lot of other news they've been testing. that They've been testing as recently as today. They were testing in Darlington. The, uh, the tire test that we were talking about just a couple minutes ago, that I believe was also in a next-gen car. I cannot confirm that for sure, but I'm pretty sure that is the case. So they've been continuing to test these next-gen cars. We'll have to wait and see what the car looks like because as they've been testing, they've been showing the drivers testing these cars and they've basically been cycling through all the different NASCAR drivers so that everyone sort of has a chance, I guess, to test these cars and so that one person 
I guess would be the the idea, doesn't gain an advantage in driving these new cars. But we'll have to see what this big reveal actually does, because we have seen examples of these cars, even if the, even if they've had different sort of paid schemes that try to hide what the body lines look like or what different things will be or whatever. So we'll have to wait until May 5th, I guess, to find out what the cars look like exactly. We'll have to wait and see what other sorts of changes are coming along with these cars. One thing we do know is coming along that we've already discussed in a previous episode is the one lug nut system on the tires. So instead of having to hit five lug nuts to take the car off and then hit five, or take the tire off rather, take the tire off the car and then hit five lug nuts to put the tire back on the car. In the new system, you will just have one lug nut right in the middle of the tire so that the the crew members are only going to have to hit that one lug to take it off and then put it back on. Which, that has been a discussion. I think we touched on that already. I will touch on that briefly again. There are some people who say that there is a skill in terms of crew members being able to hit all five of those lug nuts. For me, I feel like I would rather have them hit the lugs and just have the tire be secure on the car. I think it's a safety concern. I also think it is a an incredibly detrimental piece when you're not able to hit those lug nuts and then you have a vibration and you need to come back down pit road. I understand that there is a natural penalty for something like that that happens, which I guess should be implemented. But now I actually have experience of having driven a car where I had a loose lug nut like literally I didn't put the tire on correctly or I didn't tighten the lug nuts enough. So my lug nut would like, it literally sheared that little piece where it connects off of the car. I had to put an entire new thing on it uh, last summer. And it was freaking freaky driving down the highway doing 70 or whatever. And I was just doing 70. These guys are pulling twice that at least at all these different tracks. So I would rather just have the tire secure to the car and be able to move on with that that is the one piece that i know for sure about this next gen car as the car is revealed a month from now we will continue to discuss the new pieces of what this car will look like and what this means for nascar in the future starting with next season so with all that said we're going to go ahead and break early here and then when we come back we will just be talking about this martinsville race coming up we don't have any updates to the points we'll be talking about we don't have any results to look at so we will just be looking at the martinsville race coming up here on lapping the field hey everyone this is the point in most podcasts where you would maybe expect to hear an ad read a patreon plug or something of that nature while that may be something that ends up being integrated into this podcast in the future I'm more concerned at the moment with getting this podcast up and running. So, no ads, no Patreon, but if you do want to find out more about this podcast or any other project I'm involved in, head over to ericbeckmedia.com. That's ericbeckmedia, all one word, dot com. Now back to the show. And we are back here on Lapping the Field, and we are talking Martinsville, Martinsville, Martinsville. Now, as has been seen so far this season, we've had fans at the tracks, and fans, once again, will be at the tracks here in Martinsville. If I remember correctly, last season, they weren't able to run at Martinsville as early as they wanted to because Virginia had uh, had one of the, the stay-at-home sort of policies where you couldn't have sporting events or any other sorts of things happening in the state. That is not the case this year. There will be fans in the stands. And as I said in the opener, those fans are going to be 
hoping and praying, I guess, that they're able to get some of those famous Martinsville hot dogs. When I went to Martinsville in 2007, I had a Martinsville hot dog before I knew that it was like a thing that was like the famous Martinsville hot dogs. And I personally, this is this is my opinion, I personally was not a fan of the Martinsville hot dogs. I know it's an unpopular opinion for some reason, but I was not a fan. They were like the deepest pink I have ever seen in any sort of meat. It did not look like a natural color. It was like it was like a hot dog mixed with beet juice. That is the sort of color the hot dog was that I had. I so I don't understand it and uh, personally I did not feel that it tasted very good. I know it's an unpopular opinion, but that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I'm here to speak truth into the NASCAR world apparently. <laughs> but as far as the actual racing itself, as far as the actual racing itself that is is concerned, let's go ahead and discuss some of these things as the race is coming up. Martinsville, of course, is a short track. It is, I believe, still the shortest track that the NASCAR Cup Series circuit runs on. It is just over half a mile long, and it is flat. They call it the paperclip because it is flat. It is very nearly the same distance as Bristol. There is just like a fraction of a mile, I guess, which is whatever. It is, it is just barely shorter than Bristol, I believe, and it is flatter. Bristol has the high banks, as we remember from last week when they had them covered in dirt. But all that to say, we're in the middle of a a short track sort of mini circuit right now because this past week we were at Bristol on the dirt, and then or this past race, I should say, which is two weekends ago now. Now we're coming up and going to Martinsville this weekend under the lights, and then next weekend they will be back on a Sunday racing at Richmond in Virginia. So they won't have too far to go to get there from all those those race shops they have down there in and around Charlotte. Going to be a lot closer to home than some of these other places they've been recently. So looking if, looking ahead to this race, since we have had seven different drivers win the seven races so far this season, I was curious as to who is the... Is there a driver who has not yet won who is likely to have a chance to be the winner this weekend. Can we look back at statistics from the past and say, these are some drivers who have a very good shot at winning this race this coming Saturday. So I found on the MRN website, which I will, I won't be showing on the screen for those of you watching on YouTube, but I will post a link for YouTube watchers and podcast listeners for you to check this website out. But they have results from the last 10 Martinsville races. So this covers both the spring race and the fall race back to the fall of 2015. And if you go onto the website, you will see that at the top of the list, there are three people who by far and away have had the best finishes in the NASCAR Cup Series over the last 10 races. And they are Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, and Martin Truex Jr., This is split up over the 10 races with their average finish. Kyle Busch, in the last 10 races, has averaged a 5.6th place finish. So basically just worse than 5th place over the last 10 races. And what's brought that down is the last 2 races, actually. Because if 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 you are following along on the website, 
You'll see that from the fall race in 2015 to the spring race in 2019, Kyle Busch did not finish worse than fifth. So I think it's fair to say that Kyle Busch is one of these drivers who has not won yet, who has a pretty good chance of winning this race. The next driver after him, Brad Keselowski, is at 6.6 on his average finish over the last 10 races and is tied with Martin Truex Jr. They're both 6.6. Brad Keselowski has his average coming down because way back in 2015, he had a 32nd place finish. Other than that, he has finished top five in all but one race, which he finished 10th. I should also note here that all three of these drivers, Bush, Keselowski, and Martin Truex Jr., have multiple wins in the last 10 races at Martinsville. So with those three, and I should also note, Martin Truex Jr. has won the last two. He won the fall 2019 and the only race in 2020 at Martinsville. So looking at, is it, is there a possibility for now an eighth driver to win in the eighth race of the season? I would say there's a pretty good chance just with those three at the top. Other drivers here who we see will continue going down the list. There's a pretty significant jump here from Keselowski and Truex Jr., who are tied at 6.6 with their average finish, to Kevin Harvick, who is 11.3 in his average finish. So that's almost five positions worse on average in the last 10 races. Kevin Harvick's average, 11.3. His best finish, though, is fifth. And with the issues that we have been continuing to talk about at Stuart Haas Racing, I would not be someone, if I were a betting person, to put my money on Kevin Harvick to win this weekend. Kevin Harvick, we all know, we saw last year with him winning nine races, we know how great of a driver he is, future Hall of Famer, all of those different aspects to his racing career. I would not expect him to necessarily be in the running to be a winner, but who knows? Anything, I guess, is possible. Followed by Kevin Harvick is Ryan Blaney, who is who has won a race this year along with Truex Jr. Blaney's average finish, 11.7, and his best is second. Followed by him is another uh, driver who has already won, won this past race, Joey Logano, who won to win his way into the championship round back in 2018. His average finish, 12.3. And then from there, just sort of continues to go down. Ryan Newman, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Jimmy Johnson, who's no longer racing, um, Bowman, Reddick, Kurt Busch, and then kind of continues to go down from there with uh, a fair number of these drivers either being young drivers or drivers who have already retired, those being Jimmy Johnson, Clint Boyer, Matt Kenseth on this list as well. So there are, there are, there, I should say, there is a chance for a new winner to be introduced this weekend. We'll see what happens. As always, we're going to have to wait and see what happens in the actual race. If we were if we were picking the people who should win the races just based on what is on paper, a lot of these drivers already would not have won races or would have won races. Whatever I'm trying to say, you wouldn't have picked Michael McDowell to win when when he did and the Daytona 500. People expected Christopher Bell to win, but not where he did. People know the possibility that William Byron could potentially win a race, maybe didn't expect him at Homestead. So as you continue along that list... There have been some surprises, and so you need to run the races to actually see what will happen. So as far as drivers who you would expect to have a chance to win here, you would expect Kyle Busch to have a chance, Brad Keselowski to have a chance. Um, and then 
Drivers who have not yet won at Martinsville, or at least not in the last 10 races, Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott are sort of in that 13 or so average finish position. You would expect these two drivers to have a chance to win at some point this season, whether that happens this week or not, is yet to be seen. And this is a thing we talked about last week. This is a question about how many drivers will actually have a chance to win this year. Because as we discussed, this is now the fifth time in NASCAR history that the first seven races have been won by seven different drivers. And if we go back to 2000, there were 10 different drivers who won the first 10 races. I'm going to go ahead and pull up the 2000 NASCAR schedule just to go back over and see. Because if I'm remembering correctly, in 2000, there were 10 different winners in the first 10 races. Whoa, that is a very old-looking ESPN web page. All right, we're back. We lost some footage there. Hopefully we're able to stitch this together. For those of you on audio, it probably will not be as as abrupt as those of you watching on video. But we'll, uh, we're going to have to wrap up here a little quicker than we'd maybe like to, or quicker than I would like to. We're going to go back here. We're going to try and look at who won all these races, if it will, if I can find a website where it has the results. But what I was saying is that, if I'm remembering correctly, on one of these Fox broadcasts, they said that in 2000, there were 10 different drivers who won the first 10 races. But then if I remember correctly, there were only 13 different winners. So after those first 10 races, there was a whole lot of repeat winners over the next... Why are you not showing me the winners? Here, is this it? Results. Perfect. Winning driver. So let's take a look at this. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 different drivers. And then the first repeat winner was Dale Earnhardt Jr. Very interesting. So after that, we have Matt Kenseth. Did Matt Kenseth win in the first 10 races? No. So we have 11 of the first 12 were different drivers. And then we've got repeat winners. Did Jeremy Mayfield win more than one race this year? I guess that's your 12th guy. So all of this to say, even though there were 10 different drivers to win that year, Jerry Nadu won a race. How about that? Even though there were 10 different drivers to win the first 10 races that year, they did not end up continuing into having an even higher number of drivers winning that year. So it didn't result in 10 in the first 10, and then you have 20 different drivers win, or 10 in the first 10, you even have 15 drivers win. You're only having like 13 drivers win that year. So I am curious to see going into this just from a continuing to have different winners standpoint, how many of these drivers will be new winners? How many first time this year drivers will win? That was not a good sentence, but we're, we're moving right along. And how many overall will win? Because the whole race here, I guess, sort of the race within the race is can we have 16 or more drivers win in the first 26 races. Because as we have been discussing about the point standings, as we've sort of been reviewing how the reviewing how the point system works, the wins are important in terms of being able to get into the playoffs and then in terms of seeding in the playoffs. Now, there are aspects to the point system that we haven't discussed, and I consider talking about them sooner rather than later, but I think we're going to hold off on some of the playoff aspects to the standings, to the point system, until we get closer to the actual playoffs starting. 
Those are going to be starting in, and that's going to be starting end of August, early September. So we'll probably be discussing at some point this summer more about how the playoff standings work, or potentially if some some amazing thing happens, we'll touch on it then. But just just to note again, it is a, the wins are important because it helps to determine whether you're able to make it into the playoffs. And if more than 16 drivers win, as we have said, someone who has won a race will then be left out. So that is all everything and probably way too much about continuing to talk about new winners, but I am curious. I This is maybe one of the most exciting aspects of the NASCAR season right now for me. So going into next weekend, we've got a race here on Saturday night at Martinsville. We've got a race on cable, so there may be a chance that I'm not going to actually be able to watch this race as it airs. The good thing, though, I'm pretty sure that NASCAR puts every Cup Series race on YouTube a couple days after it airs. So if you don't have cable and you have access to the internet, you should be able to watch the race flag to flag on YouTube a couple days after it airs. For those of us who are less patient than that, we will end up just watching highlights either that night or the day after. So with that said, my name is Eric Beck, and this is Lapping the Field. Thank you, those of you who are watching on YouTube, for watching, and thank you for listening on your podcast players.